Hi, this is Monique Calm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. This is our podcast where we interview amazing, badass women in the real estate investing space. And I am super excited for today's guest, who's no exception to the badass rule. <laughs> she is um, Ms. Deanne O'Donovan. Deanne is the president and CEO and director of AHP Servicing, a specialty servicer of past due residential mortgages. In her role, she oversees the company's direction, strategy, staffing, and operations. With more than 20 years of experience leading profit centers, overseeing workout plans, and corporate strategy, Deanne is primed to change how mortgage servicers conduct their operations. Prior to joining AHP, O'Donovan served as Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer for Wintrust Mortgage, which is a division of Wintrust Financial Corporation, where she grew loan volumes 34%, revenues 38%, wow, and net income 17% by transforming her team's culture and into one of accountability, talent development, and operational excellence. I'm super excited to have her here. Welcome, Deanne. Thanks, Monique. I'm really glad to be here with you today. So um, I'm I'm really excited because you you're the head of AHP. It's actually a fund that I personally have been investing in and um, for a couple of years, and so I'm I'm excited to share share that with uh, share you your story and um, what you do with our audience because I I love. Um, your, the mission that you have as well as, uh, you know, how you do well by doing well. So we'll, we'll get into more of that in a second. But I, I love, uh, so we, we share the story, different women's stories on this show. So I, and we always start at the beginning. So tell us how you got started in real estate investing. Sure. So I got started actually working for a real estate investment trust um, pretty quickly out of school and I started in new business development and acquisitions. So at that time I was purchasing large commercial assets and that was a great proving ground to kind of learn the ropes of the real estate business. The things that I learned um, in my time there have carried with me throughout my career. And then also had the uh, in hindsight benefit of early on going through a, a workout situation with that company they had a large number of their tenants that went bankrupt so that was a really great introduction to the workout side of the house somebody else's bad loan than what you do when you're acquiring a nicely performing asset so uh, those things have all been really instrumental in my career and come in handy every day at ahp servicing Cool. So when you're talking about workout and you're saying workouts, that's basically somebody who has a, a mortgage, they can't pay, something like that, and then you have to work out a, a solution for them. Exactly. So, okay. yep, that's it. So it's basically restructuring the debt. Okay, cool. Now, have are you personally invested in real estate or is it just something that you've done through your career? Um, so I am personally invested in real estate in a small way, right? I've got a few rentals as many of us do, but the vast majority of my professional career has involved either commercial or residential real estate. Cool. Um, so I'd love to, I'm going to ask you a little <laughs> bit about your own personal story. I know okay. we'll get into HP, but, um, what, what got you So like that, that first probably what got you personally investing in real estate at first? 
Well, I think it's a great source of passive income, um, yeah. and it truly is something that's pretty easy to do on a passive or almost passive basis, unlike yeah. a lot of other investments. And you yeah. know, over the years, I have looked at other commercial real estate investments that are less passive, um, but it's been hard to find that fit. And I work very hard. So I probably work on average 60 or 80 hours a week. Wow. So something that is not passive just does not work for my life. And, you know, you still have to pay attention to your investments, right? And your assets that you purchase. So yeah. um, keeping it kind of small and, and simple um, with good property managers has been the right path for me. Right. Love it. So, um, so talk, so your AHP deals with non-performing notes, right? For the most part. So can you describe, because I I know until a few years ago, I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> can you share what exactly does that mean? What are non-performing notes and why you like them as an investment? Definitely. So a non-performing note is really uh, a mortgage loan that's past due. So um, think about, you know, a friend or a neighbor who takes out a $100,000 mortgage and then they have a change in their life event. It might be a medical issue or a divorce or something else happens and they can no longer afford to pay that mortgage. So that's a past due mortgage. And um, what we do is we buy packages of those past due loans and then we work with the homeowner to try to modify the loan, make the payments more affordable and keep them in their home or in situations where they've already vacated the property or they'd like to get out from under the debt or the property, we'll work with them on a cooperative solution. So to give you kind of a, a sort of like round number examples, because I often mm -hmm. get people asking like, how do you guys actually make money doing that? Like they understand yeah. the social responsibility component, but they don't understand the profit component. Yeah. So we might buy that $100,000 mortgage for 30 or $40,000. And then we'll work with that borrower to restructure the loan, lower their loan payments, and then that becomes what's known as a reperforming mortgage. And we'll season that reperforming mortgage, which means we'll make sure we get at least six months of on-time payments under that new payment plan. And then we can either hold that asset and you know get the yield on the investment, which is the interest rate that it would pay to us. Mm -hmm. or we can resell that mortgage as what's known as a reperforming. And so we might buy a non-performer at 30 cents on the dollar and sell a reperformer at 50 or 60 cents on the dollar. And so that's one of the okay. ways that we make money. And then we also make money when we um, take a property into what's called real estate owned. So we might take the property back in a deed in lieu of foreclosure if they've already decided they don't want to keep the property. And mm -hmm. then we make money on the difference between what we bought that loan for and what the property is worth when we sell it. Okay, so if it's a, you've gotten it at 30 cents on the dollar and you're able to sell it at the dollar or 80 cents on the dollar, then you get that difference. Right. Exactly. And on average, we sell our REO at about, you know, 80 to 85 cents, uh, 80 to 85% net of the appraised value. Um, but we might be buying that loan uh, on a value basis versus the underlying collateral at 30 or 40 cents. So you're still making that kind of 40% spread. Nice. Okay. So this is, can be a very lucrative asset class. Um, can see why you like it. So tell us a little bit more about AHP, your fund, and how that works. 
Definitely. So um, as we mentioned before, we are a socially responsible company. And so, you know, really the what we're trying to do is do well by doing good. So um, our current fund launched in November of last year. We've been raising a little under a million dollars a week, so we're off to a really great start. And somebody can buy into our fund for as little as $100, and then the money that people invest into our fund is used to go out and purchase those loans and obviously to cover operating expenses as well. And so we pay our investors a preferred return of up to 10% per year. We don't take any profits until you know we've hit that 10% uh, threshold for our investors and then any profits after that would go to the company um, and so it's really a very nice alignment where it's uh, sort of a win-win-win if you will because it's great for our investors it's great for our borrowers it's great for the communities that the properties are in and our employees love the business model because you can really you know work in this sector of the business and know that you're doing something good yeah I love that I love that it's lucrative and um, and it's so beneficial so, yeah. um, it's also pretty cool that, you, so a lot of people, a lot of women ask me, it's like, how do I invest? I don't have that much money to get into the game. And so for somebody, it's like the fact that you can invest for as little as $100, <laughs> right? It's like, um, that's pretty awesome. It's so, um, you know, democratic, whereas a lot of, you know, passive income opportunities, you need 50,000 minimum, 100,000 minimum, and you can get in for $100. I love that you said democratic, because that's the word I use to describe it. And I do think it's so important, even with a lot of the other real estate crowdfunded plays, the minimum investment is somewhere between 1000 and 5000 and then you're not getting a diversified portfolio, you're getting a fractional share of one asset, right? versus somebody can buy into our fund with as little as $100 and we buy thousands of loans. So it's much more similar to investing into um, like a mutual fund is very diversified, right? If you buy the S&P 500 stock index, you're investing in 500 funds. If you buy into our offering, you're investing over time in thousands of loans for that one initial investment. Hmm. Okay. And are your properties all over the country? Where, where are the the loans from yep we invest in all 50 states okay very cool so very diversified in terms of market it is. and 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 this is a question that i have it's not one that i prepared you for so you know in, in all uh um transparency I, I i give my guests the questions beforehand for the most part just so we can have a flowing conversation but Every once in a while, I get curious because one of the things I've been I've been wondering about, you know, we, I started investing in non-performing notes a couple of years ago, and it was still really um, experiencing uh, some of the effects of the last downturn, right? When there were just so many foreclosures or, or you know, or so many non-performing notes, right? Um, is it? How how is that business doing now? I mean, that you're you're hearing, oh, the economy is so much better. I mean, are there still you still able to get that inventory that you need in order to to do this fund? 
It's a great question, and the answer is yes, we are. Um, we're still seeing a lot of old originations from the financial crisis that are floating around. So, you know, mm. you had hedge funds and other companies like that that bought large baskets of them, and they sort of worked out the easy stuff, if you will, and then they're selling off their remaining portfolios that are more difficult. And then we're also seeing an increase in newer originations. So. In the last couple of years, um, government loan programs and the agencies Fannie and Freddie have been pushing very low down payment um, originations again, and unfortunately we're starting to see some of that paper go bad, and so we're seeing buying opportunities there as well. And then, you know, there's always some percentage of the population, no matter how good the economy is, that have, um, you know, life events that make it difficult for them to meet their obligations. Okay, like divorces, illness, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, all right, cool. So um, I love that. And I'm, yeah, like I said, I I invested. <laughs> the, the returns are a little higher when in our in the fund we did, but um, I still think it's hard to get 10% in most investments. And when it's... Now like sort of switching gears because though you've you've personally been an investor and you you've, your whole career has been in real estate investing in some way shape or form so you you've uh you've, you've been involved in the business for quite a while um what would you say is your biggest mistake in your real estate investing career and what did you learn from it so my biggest mistake was in 2008 <laughs> Um, just literally just before the financial crisis hit, um, I decided I wanted to leave the REIT that I was working for and go out on my own as a broker because I had such great industry contacts. And oh. so within about three months, I had, you know, over $20 million in commercial real estate that I was brokering. And then the market fell apart and I, <laughs> I very quickly took stock and I was like, I need a job because none of, <laughs> none of these deals are going to close. So that's when I made the switch into the banking world. Okay. All right. So what did you learn from that? Uh, timing matters quite a bit. <laughs> I did not see, I did not see those tea leaves coming. Yeah. What would, what would you have, what, what do you think, you could have seen differently or what did you not pay attention to what did you what would you do differently now well you know that's such a great question because interestingly i saw some of the broader financial indicators like i pulled back in my own investment portfolio and did some other things to move my personal finance to a more conservative um, position, but I had been working in commercial real estate. And so I didn't really understand, I think at a deep level, what was taking place with these um, securitized deals in the residential mortgage space. So mm -hmm. I think the lesson there is don't just know your own asset class, know the related asset classes as well, because any one of them can bring down the whole house. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is very true. And this is also not a question I prepared you for, but <laughs> are you seeing, because we're, we've had a quite a long stretch of recovery um, so far of one of the longest, I don't know if it's the longest yet at this point, or if it's second longest or something, but um, what are your thoughts on where we're headed 
I mean, obviously the, if crash is good for your business, but, but um, what, what are your thoughts on where we're headed? And So I think we're bumping along the top of the market. Um, I think we're going to see increased volatility um, or continued volatility in 2019 in a lot of markets. Uh, I think where we're likely to see a real estate correction in the near to midterm is in high-end multifamily new construction. So I live in Chicago and one of the sort of anecdotal indicators I've seen over the last two years is a lot of very high-end um, condos and rentals going up and that's the first thing to get hit and I think yeah. unfortunately when you look at when they're going to come to market they're going to come to market in 2020 and 2021 and all of the economic indicators right now indicate a slight slowdown in 2019 and a likely more likelihood for a recession in 2020 so i think that there's going to be um, some blood on the streets in that segment of the market and also some opportunities for companies and people who are opportunistic yeah now that's the, that's a beautiful thing well like when something's going down there's that's the, the time when you can have bargains, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Properties go on sale. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, what? Uh, so the another question I always ask my guests, which is kind of the flip side of your biggest mistake. But what are you most proud of? You know, I think I'm most proud of everything we've accomplished at AHP Servicing in the last year. So. American Homeowner Preservation has been around for 10 years and we celebrated our 10th year anniversary in May, but we also started this new business, AHP Servicing, to bring our loan servicing in-house. And 2018 was an amazing foundational year for us. We finished the largest fundraise we've ever had on our last fund. We've got a great start to this fund. We've got all of our systems in place. We've brought servicing in-house. So it's just been amazing to see it go from this idea to this well-run company. Love it, love it. Um, and to what do you attribute your success? Well, I think a couple of things. One, I'm a lifelong learner. Um, and when I really take a look at myself and what gets me up in the morning and what gets me passionate about work, I love working um, and I'm really a builder. So, you know, I left a very comfortable job to come work for essentially a startup company or a small company. And I did that because to scale uh, an organization that's doing something great uh, was so much more appealing to me than sitting around in a corporate job until I retire. Yeah, I love it. So the learning and then wanting to grow things like being led by your passion. Exactly. I could see that. Um, and what advice do you have for a woman just starting out in this field? You've been in this field for a long time. It's pretty male dominated. It is. So. Before I answer that on the male dominated, I would say almost every job that I've had in my entire career in commercial real estate and in banking, I have been the only senior female leader in the company when I when I start. And so one of the things that I would um, really encourage young women to do is you absolutely need mentors and sponsors, but you need to look at both male and female mentors and sponsors. And it's only lonely at the top if you don't bring other people with you. So pay it forward as you go. Love that. Yeah. So one of in our events, uh, one of our mantra is I am here to be financially free and to bring others along with me. 
because and and I think that's that's probably why I have a passion for women because I feel like we are oriented to help others um you know bring bring others along when we have a little bit more um so I love I love that that's your philosophy too um and what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know um that it's just as much about the people as it is about the assets And that really is what helps you with your success. So, you know, one of the reasons we were able to accomplish so much in 2018 is I have several people who came with me from other, not necessarily from my last job, but from kind of that course of that 20 year career Mm -hmm. and having people that want to follow you and want to be something, part of something makes a huge difference. Well, it's a credit to you that you have people that want to follow you right so um that says a lot about you and your ability to build team and to cultivate talent that that will want to stick with you your rising star so kudos Uh, to you thank you um and so before we get into our trinity and uh, which is how we conclude every podcast which is a brag of gratitude and desire uh what is the best way for people to reach you and to find out more about what you do so they can reach um, our company at www.ahpservicing.com and they'll find contact info for me as well as information on our latest offering they can also connect with us at um, 866-AHP-TEAM and then I'm also on LinkedIn so they're welcome to connect with me there as well all right beautiful great um and so now it's time for our famed end of show trinity what uh what is your brag what's one thing you're celebrating right now uh successful launch of the latest offering so um we launched it a little bit ahead of schedule and we've already raised uh, over seven million dollars and that's over the holiday season when typically it's pretty slow so we're really excited about that Woohoo! well bragged thank you um <laughs> all right what is <laughs> what is one thing that you're grateful for uh, family always. Love it. And last but not least, what is one thing you desire? Well, if I'm being perfectly honest today, what I desire is spring because I'm in Chicago (laughs) (laughs) and it's supposed to be, uh, like 15 degrees below zero tomorrow. Oh God. (laughs) So I guess maybe I should say being in LA, you're in LA, right? That's, that's what I wish. I wish I was in LA right now. Well, flights are flying, so come on down. There you go. Yeah, stay warm. That sounds horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but but so shall your desire be, or so much better than you can imagine. Um, yeah, I lived in, I went to college in Canada and Montreal, and 20 below, 40 below were not unusual temperatures, and I was traumatized, which is why I now live in LA, where <laughs> we don't have gold anymore. Um, so thank you so much. That was that was so so great. And you you guys, you can uh, connect with Deanne on LinkedIn or go to ahpservicing.com uh, to find out more about this fund and what they do and to connect with them. 
And to connect with me and real estate investor goddesses, go to reigoddesses.com. There you can um, join our sisterhood of women from all over the world who are investing in real estate and find out about our classes and our events and our investment opportunities there too. So thank you again, Deanne, and thanks to you all for um, tuning in and catch us next time for another Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. Thanks, Bunny.